This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get her started. Here we go with the panel part of the show. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Let's introduce the panel this afternoon. Joining us in studio, Kevin Gadette, the president of Bright Point Strategy, formerly with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Kevin's on crutches. Uh, somebody you wanted to wail, I guess, uh, <laughs> who had uh, maybe submitted uh, an increase in taxes. What happened? Yeah, I'm a lover, not a well, I can't hear you. Boy, I don't know. What's happened to this microphone? Okay, well, don't worry about it. Robbie's going to sort it out here. He said he's a lover, not a fighter. Okay. I liked it. I needed to reiterate okay. it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no wonder we cut that off. <laughs> Five-second yeah, delay. Exactly. We, On we, this we, show, love, yes. We don't want the commission coming after us for false news or propaganda. Uh, all right. Well, Kevin is here. You'll have to take it on my word. Uh, Rocco Rossi's with us, the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. How's Rocco? Great day for talk radio because the band's back together, baby. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is, huh? The band. <laughs> Alyssa Freeman rounds out the panel public relations strategist and PR and pop culture media expert. How's Alyssa? Oh, I'm fine, John, and thank you for asking. Well, I've got to ask you another question then, because uh, we were musing aloud. Uh, who would pay for Rahaf Mohammed? This is the 18-year-old Saudi girl who's made her way to Canada, was uh, actually fast-tracked uh, under something called the Urgent Protection Program. And uh, the Liberals, I guess, were uh, somewhat giddy when they brought her here. Krista Freeland out at Pearson, uh, pictured with the paparazzi in the media, made international headlines and so on and so forth. Uh, I guess the question I'm asking is, should the feds be paying? Uh, it actually uh, wonders if the liberals will help pay for the cost of protecting her. She's received numerous threats, we're told. And uh, I thought, boy, it should come out of the, the liberal party coffers uh, directly because they're the ones who are getting the juice out of this as much as anything. Would you think, uh, as many have surmised, that she was exploited as a prop, or uh, was this all pure compassion and humanitarianism? Well, I think some of us would look at it as pure compassion and humanitarianism. Those of us who are sort of jaded uh, media watchers look at it with um, absolutely as a prop. You know, when you have Christian Freeland show up at the airport, and I don't know where she was, but it looked like she literally ran in from somewhere <laughs> to have her uh, arm around this woman, I think that, you know, yes, it, it does show Canada's generosity in taking in somebody who obviously was in peril, and I think that that's a great part about it, but the other part about it is that, for me, it was just a very, very blatant photo op in a sort of a a dearth of a news cycle where the Liberals haven't been getting a lot of great play lately. And I think to answer your question, and I was listening to it on the way down, is who is going to pay for her protection? And it seems like some of these decisions that we make play very well and sort of speak to who we are as Canadians, but then we make them on a very short-term basis without thinking sort of of those long-term ramifications. It's almost like she got here and somebody said, "Uh uh-oh, who's going to protect her? Well, that's with refugee claimants in general, I guess, is a lot of virtue signaling and come to Canada, everything's going to be hunky-dory, sweetness and light, Skittles and beer, and then uh, the rest of the uh, municipalities like Toronto have got to figure it out, how to pay for it and so on and so forth. Rocco, what do you say on the matter? Well, I thought uh, Thomas Wacom did an amazing uh, column on this in the Toronto Star um, just a few days ago, where he basically said what they've done, though, is to undermine uh, the credibility and the process of the Canadian refugee system. Uh, There is no question we are a generous people. We want to be a generous people. There are millions of people uh, in true peril for their lives 
not sophisticated social mediaites who were able to lock themselves in a bathroom in the Bangkok airport uh, and and work the system. And so is that what we come to, that those with social media are going to be able to jump the queue and move ahead of people who are fleeing Venezuela, where they're basically starving? Um, and, and it's not to suggest that she doesn't have real problems, but there are a lot of people with real problems out there who are in a queue, who are following a process, and this puts that at risk. All right, uh, Kevin Gadet, now that you're uh, finally here in the realm of the living, tell us, I mean, <laughs> did the Liberals exploit... I hadn't died. <laughs> it was just his well, microphone that yes. did. <laughs> Rumors of his death were greatly exaggerated. In Sorry radio. to disappoint me. <laughs> in radio terms, you were a non-entity. <laughs> okay. That microphone was not working. You had ceased to be. You were an ex-parrot. It's not Radiohead, it's Radio Dead. <laughs> All right, uh, how about it? I mean, exploited as a prop? Alyssa sort of uh, confirmed that point. Rocco thinks there was also some something uh, that was, uh, well, the negative aspect of uh, using her because it does uh, tend to cast into disrepute the overall refugee uh, asylum thing. How did you read it? Well, I, I think both my, my good friends are, are both right. I don't think there's any doubt that she was used as a prop. This is a government who has hugged too closely too many ISIS-related people, Omar Khadr included, not to mention many others. Uh, and and this is an they, ISIS situation, to be clear. No, but it's radical Muslim situation where she's decrying the state of 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 radical fundamentalist uh, Muslim doctrine. Um, so in that sense, it's similar. I don't mean to suggest that she's under threat, but I don't think she's under threat by ISIS. I'm not really clear. Um, but I, I importantly agree, and, and it relates to our, our immigration conversations otherwise and other border-crossing situations. We have rules and processes for a reason. I'm glad we're a nation with compassion who want to help others and reach out. I think that's one of the wonderful things about our country. Having said that, we can't help everybody. We have finite resources, so there ought to be a process that isn't just the squeaky wheel. And I would throw in that one of the add in one of the people who helped her get here and raised her cause was Tarek Fatah, who has not been given the government's assistance for the death threats made against him. So there is a bit of a, a, a dis, you know an asymmetry here in, in, in the sympathy, the security sympathy. All right. Well, uh, we're going to have to find out who's going to pay for it all. Uh, I don't know what the costs will involve. Several thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars. And right now the government can't really sort it out because they don't know under which policy on which resettlement costs would qualify for coverage. So they have not even thought this through, uh, which doesn't surprise us. On other matters, I alluded to with Rocco, uh, you know, that we've had these asylum seekers coming through southwestern Quebec border primarily and uh, coming into our midst. And they're in the shelter system. It was documented that uh, as much as 47% of the shelter system was occupied by these asylum seekers. Now we've got an issue with the cold weather and uh, where street activists and uh, homeless activists like Kathy Crow holding a press conference at Toronto City Hall earlier today, uh, lambasting Toronto shelter system as being second class and we're a second class city to allow it to happen. And the offshoot is uh, she'd like to see city officials declare homelessness a state of emergency. Alyssa, do you believe that to be the case? And I mean, how do we reconcile this? I mean, if we've got our own folks who are in trouble here, uh, can we accommodate? Look, it's already too late to even ask the question because that's really a matter of the facts on the ground are that there are these asylum seekers in the system itself. Do we expand the system now? Uh, More resources, more money necessary, and that's just a no-brainer? How do you see it? You know, calling something a state of emergency to me speaks to a very short-term 
problem or problem solving. I think that when you call something an emergency or a state of emergency, it's really, this has been an emergency for a long time. Homelessness has been an emergency for a long time. And I think that what I'd like to see are more sustainable solutions coming out of this in order to actually do something about our shelter system. And I think that, you know, it, it, it takes certain things to actually, you know, tweak us to make, uh, to start the conversation again about homelessness and what an emergency and what and what uh, sort of a, a black eye it is, I think, on this city. And sometimes it's just cold weather that does that. Like, what are we going to do about that, you know, getting people off the streets? So my issue with calling it a state of emergency is, yes, I think you need to do that in order to start the conversation and sort of raise the flag. But I think that my issue is that instead of coming up with sort of short-term solutions, we need to talk about sustainable solutions. Well, I don't disagree because, you know, Rocco Rossi, you ran for mayor in 2010. Here we are eight-plus years removed. And this issue continues to fester. It's the same one that confronted you. Can't blame me for it. I'm not blaming you. I'm asking you in the ensuing eight plus years, uh, it's the same old, same old. So how come we haven't addressed this in any kind of coherent fashion, uh, a practical way? What is the solution? Well, there's a a few things because there's a hardcore of, of the homeless where it's not simply lack of affordable housing, it's mental health care, and it's really getting out to those people. And when when Queen Street was, when you know, you couldn't force people into, uh, into care, and it became, uh, for a lot of, of civil liberty reasons, uh, more and more difficult, it's, it's then meant that these people are living rough on the streets, are not comfortable in any social circumstance. So they're not going to come into the shelter, even with uh, incredibly deadly temperatures outside. Um, On top of that, as you've alluded to, uh, is the refugee crisis. And quite frankly, if the federal government is going to uh, signal to the world that we will take your, uh, your hungry, your homeless, uh, et cetera, they have to fund cities to be able to absorb it because they are the ones who've turned on the tap, but they've not turned on the tap to deal with it. And so we had refugees in university residences over the summer. Then when the, the students came back, we had to take them out of, of the university residence because the students had to go back into it. Then summer in shelters, summer in hotels. Um, and, and this is, this is this, this house of cards, uh, that needs to be addressed. We don't have a coordinated that no. effort by the different levels of government. government. That seems to me like it would be readily or easily addressed. <laughs> what am I missing here? Kevin Goodett, why are you laughing? Cause you're making sense and being intelligent <laughs> and there's not much relationship to politics at any level of government, let alone coordinating them and, and, and that, um, Again, it's nice we have a compassionate society, but we're uh, a region of over 6 million people, uh, which attracts people. And I, 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 I'm, again, I agree with my colleagues. We have a lot of underlying problems, whether or not it's mental health, whether or not it's addiction, whether or not it's poverty, whether or not it's individuals, some individuals who choose to be there just for a lark, as weird as that sounds, but it's a thing. Um, so I get frustrated when I hear these these well-meaning press conferences, and they throw out the bromides, which usually amount to just give us more money because it's bad. And they have literally no specific recommendations of anything to do other than to emote about how bad it is. And, and I, I'm so fed up with the, well, on the how- I'm just emoting at how bad it is. Let me emote some more. Oh, for God's sake, say something practical. On the how bad it is, they, they, lo- there are lots of the same elements who are now decrying the, the emergency who 
don't permit the stats to actually be collected um, and to determine full inventory of, of who's out there and what, what the different issues uh, are, which, again, some people find demeaning, but without the facts, you can't Create come policy. up with the solutions. And, 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 and if I may just throw this in, the federal government's running a $19 billion deficit. The provincial government's running a deficit of somewhere between 12 and $15 billion. These, are, these aren't just small deficits for both of these two senior levels of government. Right. And the city of Toronto budget's already, whatever it is, 10 or, 10 or $11 billion. Um, taxation levels are already fairly high. At some point, somebody needs to recognize, these advocates need to recognize, they need to have a very careful One conversation one taxpayer, who's paying for it? They want more money. How much do they want? What are they willing to give up? Or who are they going to ask to pay more? And the, 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 the classic tax the rich is just a crock that won't fly. So these conversations, I find, occur absent a fiscal framework. Or a phys- or absence of a strategic framework either, or a strategic plan. And I agree with you. I mean, I think we hear once a, once a year at least, or once a quarter, you know, about the things that we need to do about homelessness, or we, we just hear about these cries for help. But I've ever never uh, seen yet sort of any sort of strategic plan, or even, you know, c- convening a panel, or somebody willing to wrap their arms around this issue, and actually do something about it. Well, you've got counselors at Kristen Wong Tam and Gord Perks uh, saying most of these... Unfortunate episodes can be attributed to the severe lack of affordable housing. Again, we get back to affordable housing. Is that legit? That, sorry. I was just going to ask, just, is that legit? Let's just the list is right on. And you said it earlier. We just don't know. They just make this stuff up because it sounds good and feels good. Because, of course, how can you argue with dead people on the street in cold weather? It's a horrible situation. But then they just say, oh, it's, it's because of X. Well, no, it's actually be because of a complicated number of factors, and I can't wait them because I don't have the data. I haven't seen We don't collect it, and our governments won't talk to each other. But these guys just run amok and then throw stones at the mayor as if somehow he's to blame. Let's come back. Uh, more topics worthy of discussion with our panel, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Gadet, Rocco Rossi, on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.